Good morning. How are we this morning? <laughs> Thank you, Kevin, for the worship. That was great. It is a beautiful morning outside. Am I right? After the rain comes, it like smells beautiful outside. We've had so much rain. Anyways, we are excited that you are here with us this morning. I'm happy that you're here and I am going to be the one sharing with you this morning. So for those of you who don't know me, my name is Mandy Santana. I think everyone who's here definitely knows me. But if you're watching online, my husband is Jorge Santana. He's the one who's usually up here. He's the one that says that you need to read his subtitles. <laughs> um, and welcome. We're just really happy that you're here with us this morning. Um, Jorge asked me to share with you today. and. I'm excited for what I'm going to share because it's something that um, God has been putting on my heart over the last little while. And um, it's, something that he, it's something that he's put on my heart to share with the church, but also something that he has been speaking first and foremost in my life. And um, just kind of a process that I've been through. And so I felt that this was the time that God wanted me also to share this with, with you as, a, as our church family. You know, Jorge has been talking a lot over these last few weeks about the bigger table, right? He's been doing this sermon series that I think was the last three or four weeks. Um, and he's talked about, you know, love without the but. <laughs> um, loving people for, for who they are and, and just um, extending our table. And his last one was called Friends in Low Places. And so this kind of goes along with what he's been sharing and what God has been putting on our hearts as a church family. Um, so my title of my message this morning is Compassion According to Jesus. And so I'm going to be reading from the book of Matthew. Um, but before I start reading, I just want to set the scene for you a little bit to give you an idea of what's going on in the story. We're going to be reading from Matthew 9 if you want to kind of have an idea of where we're going to be. Um, and in, in, the or in, in the message, the passage that we're going to be reading, uh, we're, it's, you're going to notice that Jesus is full on in his ministry in this time. Okay, so Jesus was 30 years old when he started his ministry, right? Up until then, we don't really know a whole lot of things that Jesus did growing up. A few um, moments in his life we, we, we do know about. But here he's full into ministry. He's at this point, actually in chapter 9 of Matthew, Jesus is visiting different people. He's walking around with his disciples. Um, he's traveling with them. He's stopping at, fam at families' houses and going in and visiting with them. He's raising people from the dead. He's healing the sick. He's casting out demons. Like chapter 9 is full of so much activity in, um, in Jesus' ministry and different things that are going on. So if you want something really amazing to read, read chapter 9 of Matthew. Um, and, and he's doing a lot of public speaking. And in fact, he, um, and he's doing public speaking and he's also getting a lot of questions asked to him, right? There's a lot of people who are interested in who he is and are, are coming to see him and listen to him talk. And in chapter five, uh, we can read about the Sermon on the Mount, right? And that's a time where Jesus sat down and talked with people and he taught about so many different things. You know, he talked about the Beatitudes. He talked about being salt and light. He talks about anger. He talks about prayer and fasting, loving our enemies. There's so much that Jesus really went into when he started his ministry. And so we're gonna read now in Matthew, and that's kind of setting the scene a little bit for you, of this is what's happening. 
And so we're going to read in Matthew chapter 9. And we're just going to read two verses, verse 35 and 36. So verse 35 says, this is Matthew 9, 35. It says, Jesus went through all the towns and villages, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom and healing every disease and sickness. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. So at this point in the passage, Jesus and his disciples are traveling, right? They're, they're walking, they're doing a little bit of everything. And, and verse 35 started out saying, he went through all the towns and villages. And it made me think a lot about our village <laughs> where we live. You know, when, we live, when you live in a small town, you can kind of imagine what it would have been like if you lived in a small town and you knew that somebody that is being called the Messiah is coming through your town and the expectation that you would feel like now that it's there's nice weather outside and we can actually go out and be with people you know as a town here we had or as a village i guess we're still a village we had um sports day and you know people are writing on facebook like don't forget be on main street at 10 a.m for the parade and i was thinking imagine if in our day it were you know don't forget 10 a.m the messiah is going to be coming through linden <laughs> he's going to stop first in acme he's going to be visiting Acme for a little while, he's going to stay and have lunch with, with Aisha there, and she's going to give him some, some amazing Indian food, and then from there, him and his disciples are going to walk to Linden, so it might take them a couple hours walking, but everybody be ready. Can you imagine the expectation that the people felt in knowing that, that the Messiah, that Jesus, that this, this prophet who was talking and who had so much to say was coming through their community? And it would be like us saying, okay, then after Linden, they're going to head off to Three Hills, <laughs> right? And so the reality is um, Jesus and his disciples, thinking of it from their point of view, were probably pretty exhausted. Yes, Jesus was the son of God, but he was also a man. He also dealt with feeling all the things that we feel as human beings, right? He got tired. Um, And so the reality is even though him and his disciples were traveling and, and they were there for the people, they still had their own stuff going on. (laughs) So there were probably moments where they felt pretty overwhelmed, especially the disciples, because they they were new at this, right? They didn't really know what they had gotten themselves into. And so there were times probably where they were walking a lot and their feet were sore. And they got, you know, one of them maybe had planter's foot. I know how that feels. (laughs) It hurts after walking so much. You know, maybe they were hungry at times because they had been out visiting with people and talking for so many, so many hours. You know, they probably had adrenaline highs and lows. They just watched Jesus cast out demons from someone, and then all of a sudden, you know, they're going on and moving on to someone else. And so all of the different emotions were going on, and they must have been, I was just kind of thinking about it, and I was like thinking, they must have been exhausted at this point. If even just reading chapter nine makes me think like, wow, that's, that's a lot that Jesus had been doing. But in verse 36, it says, but when he saw the crowd, in this moment, Jesus comes again to another crowd, like he has been with crowds of people constantly. But when he saw the crowd, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless, like sheep without a shepherd. Another version, the New Living Translation says, uh, he had compassion because they were confused and helpless because these people didn't know that they were lost, but Jesus did. 
and Jesus felt compassion. I was reading the other night, actually, one of the ways that God signaled to me that it was time for me to share this and was putting it more on my heart was I was actually reading from the Jesus Storybook Bible. Does anyone have little kids and have the Jesus Storybook Bible? Okay, the Jesus Storybook Bible is, I I absolutely love it. It's obviously not a version of the Bible, it's just a storybook. But the way that they describe different things is, is really, really beautiful. And so I was reading this, this story to my kids. It's called, in, the, in, the thing it's called, in that Bible, it's called The Singer. And, and it said, just in the way that it said it, it said all the people were following Jesus. There were happy people, sad people, sick people, people that were well and felt fine. There were rich people, there were poor people. Everybody was following Jesus and coming to see who Jesus was. And then it said, and when Jesus saw them, his heart felt so much love for them. So he sat down and he talked to them. Isn't that a beautiful way of phrasing it? (laughs) Just the fact that it says, you know, and then he sat down and he talked to them. And I just love the visual that that gives us of Jesus. His heart was filled with love. Most versions of the Bible, I read a bunch of different versions, and most versions of the Bible focus on the word compassion. They use the word compassion. And that's the word that I want us to focus on for a few minutes here. You know, over the past few weeks, Jorge and I have, or Jorge has been here talking about the bigger table, about how to make room at our table for people, but not just physically at our table. If you have a small table, that might be a little bit problematic. (laughs) We can always add on chairs, but not just physically talking about sitting down with people and and, and getting to know them, although that is a huge part of it, but also in our hearts, (laughs) extending our table to people, opening up our lives to people and being able to, to love them without conditions and love them without placing rules that they have to meet in order to be loved. And my husband and I have been on this journey, and I know he's talked a little bit about it um, over the past few weeks. We've been on this journey of of reading different books, like one called Everybody Always um, and Love Does by Bob Goff. And, And then the last one we read was also called The Bigger Table. See, Jesus loved people when he was on this earth, and he still does. And that's the beautiful part of it. He has so much love and compassion for individuals. And so the word compassion, that's what I want to talk about for a minute here. The Greek word used for compassion, I saw this word and I was like, there's no way I'm going to be able to say that. (laughs) But I actually like watched a YouTube video of someone who explained it. And so it is called splanknizomai. (laughs) It's a very long word. I should have like shown it to you. Um, the Greek word for compassion. This is the word that's used in the New Testament. It's splanknizomai. And, and this word appears 12 times in the New Testament. Okay? The first part of the word, splagna, means eternal organs. Kind of weird. Um, but splanknizomai literally means, so when it says internal organs, it literally means to be moved so deeply by something that you feel it in the pit of your stomach. Isn't that kind of cool? That was the word that was used in the New Testament for this moment. It was that Jesus felt something so deep inside that he was moved, like, like a feeling in the pit of his stomach. Now, the Latin word for compassion is compati. Um, Patty means to suffer, and the prefix com means with. So compati literally means to suffer with. I was reading um, 
online just kind of looking up some more information about compassion. And I found this, this uh, magazine called The Greater Good Magazine by the University of California. And they had done like a study. A bunch of researchers had been studying about compassion and how it affects people and, and in different things about it. And one of the um, definitions that I really loved was this. I'm just going to read it to you quickly. It said, compassion literally means to suffer together. Among emotion researchers, it is defined as the feeling that arises when you're confronted with another's suffering and you feel motivated to relieve that suffering. See, that's what Jesus felt when he looked upon the people. He, he felt their suffering and he felt motivated to relieve it. He felt compassion, his heart was filled with love, his heart broke, there's so many ways that we could say it. Have you ever looked at somebody and felt that way? Looked at somebody and just felt compassion and love for them? I wanna tell you a little story about a guy named Carlos. <laughs> when I was, this is back in 2005, so many years ago, um, I was on a Youth with a Mission team, and I was working at that time in Bolivia in Youth with a Mission, and I was one of the leaders, and we were going to take out an outreach team, and we would go travel around to churches and do different things. We would do out, um, evangelism on the streets and working with people in Bible studies. And so we arrived at a church in a place called Tacna, Peru. Now, this church, we didn't know anything about it. We arrived there, and um, as soon as we arrived there, the people in the church, you know, greeted us, and, and we got set up in the church, and we were gonna sleep in the church, just in a big room all together. And so we got kind of settled in in the church, and then someone from the church was there, and, and they said, hey, let's, we're gonna take you out to the community to show you around. So yeah, that's awesome. You know, we want to see where we're going to be and they were going to show us the different schools that we were going to do evangelism in. So we were super excited. There's probably about eight or ten of us in our team. And so we got there, we, we got unpacked and we start going out on the street. And as we're walking down the street, we heard a guy kind of yelling and, and running around and no one kind of knew what was going on. And, um, and we see this man and he starts coming towards us. And so everyone was kind of like, okay, who is this? So we start to say hi. And one of the persons from the church is kind of like, oh, don't, you know what? Like, just ignore him. <laughs> don't, don't worry about it. That, this is a guy, he's on the street all the time. Yeah, and, and so then they said hi to him. His name was Carlos. Everyone called him Carlitos. So he, uh, he comes up and, and the person from the church was, oh, hi, Carlos, you know, whatever. And, and so we started talking to him. Now, Carlos wasn't able to fully speak. He wasn't able to verbalize what he wanted. Um, but he used lots of random words. <laughs> so it was kind of like a guessing game. <laughs> he just got to kind of figure out what he was trying to say. And sometimes he would mumble. He would go, -da 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 -da, and he would point to something. And we we're like, okay, Carlos is trying to tell us something. And we would, we would talk to him. And, and the more we talked to him and spent time with him, Carlos was a really great guy. But Carlos spent his days roaming the streets. In fact, when we saw him, we thought he was homeless. We thought he lived on the streets. Because when we first met him, he didn't even have shoes on. His clothes were all ripped and torn. He looked like he had not been able to bathe himself in a very long time. And, um, and instantly, as a team, we felt that God had given us this love and this compassion for this man. And so we started inviting him to all the things. And the people in the church weren't very happy about that. 
And we had people in the congregation who were saying, well, why, you know, like, don't, don't invite Carlitos because he's really loud and, like, he's, you know, running all over the place and he might scare people. But, but the more we got to know Carlos, we realized that he was a great guy. He had a lot of love for people. He loved hugs. So sure, some people who didn't love hugs maybe were a little bit intimidated by him. But we spoke with the pastor of that church and we made him understand that we were there for everybody in the community. We weren't just there for a certain group of people. And so we spent a lot of time with Carlitos. In fact, it came to the point that he used to tell, uh, ask us where we would be the next day and we would tell him, Carlos, meet us in the plaza, okay. <laughs> and okay, okay, and he would arrive there and he would be waiting for us at the plaza the next day. It came to the point so much so that he would actually, we would wake up in the morning and have breakfast in the church and we would get ready and we would open the church doors and he would just be standing there. We're like, Carlitos, you're all ready to go. And he was there and he was ready and he would help us. He would carry our stuff with us. He would do evangelism with us. In his own way, he would tell people about Jesus. And it was a super cool experience to spend time with him. Our team felt led to love on someone and not to focus on who he was or what he was doing or where he had come from. We just loved him. See, when we really love people, we open up the doors for relationship. And that's what happened with Carlitos. We took him out, actually, one of the guys from our team said, you know, we need to get Carlos some, some decent shoes. His feet were all torn up and, and open and sore. And so we took him and we bought him some shoes. We took him and bought him some clothes. One of the guys bought him some personal hygiene things and was teaching him how to use them. And, and we didn't do this and then like take selfies of ourselves doing it. And we didn't do it to just show people. It wasn't to show people. It was because we really felt love and compassion for this guy. And eventually, it was super cool, he actually eventually took us to his house, and we got to meet his mom. And everyone, even people in the church, had told us that Carlos lived on the street. Like, people didn't know him. They just saw him as the crazy guy who lived out on the street. But he took us to his home, and we were able to sit down at his table. And we were able to have a meal with his mom. And she sat with us, and she cried, and she said, my son is so misunderstood by other people. Everybody treats him so badly, but they don't even know him. The church treats him so badly, they don't even like him to go there. She's like, but you guys are letting him in. You're spending time with him. And this impacted her. And, and we were able to have a really cool relationship with her and, and get to know her and Carlitos, which is really, really awesome. We were able to pray with his mom she came to us one day and she said, I wanna become a Christian and so we prayed with her. And then she said, you know what? I, I want to dedicate my son. She said, because he was never dedicated as a little child and she's like, he's out on the streets all day and I'm worried about him and I'm worried about what might happen to him and she says, I just wanna dedicate him. We're sitting in the middle of a plaza in Tacna, Peru with this guy, Carlitos, held his hands out like this and we dedicated him in the name of Jesus and we covered him in prayer and in love, and it was one of the most beautiful things that I've ever experienced. And this made me realize the importance of relationships. See, how can we long for people to be saved and to know Jesus if we're not willing to first love them? 
and if we're not willing to first feel compassion for them and to spend time with them and to sit with them. And again, it's not about showing people that we love them. It's about actually loving them. It's about listening to them and praying for them. In John 15, verses 9 to 13, Jesus is talking to his disciples. John 15, in verse 9, he says, As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Now remain in my love. And then he says, if you keep my commands, you'll remain in my love, just as I've kept my Father's commands and remain in his. In verse 11, he says, and I've told you this, so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. And then verse 13, he says, because greater has no one than this, to lay down one's life for one's friend. Because that's what Jesus did for us, right? That was his love, his compassion for the world. He laid down his life. He died on that cross for us, for you, for me. And then if you skip ahead a little bit, actually in verse 17 of that chapter, he says again, he says, this is my command, love each other. It doesn't sound that complicated, does it? This is my command, love each other. But sometimes that's difficult. And it's interesting, I thought, in, in, it was really interesting in verse 11 that Jesus says, I tell you this so your joy may be complete. You know something really cool that I read in that um, magazine that was, had this whole um, thing about the information of the word compassion from the University of California. A bunch of researchers looked into it and it said this, it said scientific research shows that being compassionate can improve health improve your well-being and relationships. And then it says many scientists believe that compassion may even be vital to the survival of our species. <laughs> Isn't that really cool? It says it improves your mental health, it reduces the risk of heart disease, amen to that, it makes you a more caring friend, parent, and spouse. Compassion, when we feel it in the pit of our stomach for someone. When we, when we love them. And some might say, sure, but it's not all about love, Mandy. <laughs> Come on, it's not just about love. And I've heard people say that. And they say, but we have to speak the truth. And to that I would say, yes, 100%. We have to speak the truth, but the truth spoken without love is brutality. See, when we speak the truth, that's amazing, Jesus was truth. Jesus spoke the truth to people, but he did it with love. See, we can have all the greatest intentions in the world and we can go out onto the street and we can speak the truth, but we can speak it and hurt people if we don't do it with love. If we don't first feel that compassion for people. If we don't first realize that Jesus is the truth. See. He spoke truth, but he was truth. And his truth came through love, not through condemnation. It said, Jesus himself said it. And in John 3, 17, it says, For God did not send his son into the world to condemn it, but to save the world through Jesus, through him, through love. 
Because Jesus is love, because God is love. And perfect love casts out fear, right? God sent his son not to condemn the world, to save it. And if you remember anything from this message this morning, I hope you will remember this. Being a Christian is not just about being right. Being a Christian is about being love. Because Jesus was love. We are called to be love to people. We are called to reach out to them. We are called to sit down and talk with them. I'm not just talking about people in our community outside. I'm talking about here, together, to each other. Why are we condemning people if Jesus didn't condemn them? And I'm not pointing fingers, and I'm not trying to make this hard on you. This is something that Jesus spoke first to me. Mandy, why are you condemning people if I don't condemn them? Why are you judging people if I don't judge them? If I see someone who's different from me and I don't feel compassion or love for them, then I want to search my heart and ask God why. Because Jesus felt love and I want to be like Jesus. God is love. Jesus is love. We need to seek to be loved to our families, to our friends, to new people that arrive and that come through our doors. If I were to ask you right now to look at the person next to you and tell me, do you love them? Do you love that person? Now, if it's your wife or husband, kind of doesn't count. Not that it doesn't count. <laughs> it's good that you love them. Okay, it's great if you love them. If, you're, if it's your wife or husband, I really hope you say yes to that <laughs> answer. But look at the person next to you. Maybe you would tell me, you know what? I don't know them that well. Get to know them. Friends, we are a church family. We are designed to do community. One of the things that I think the enemy did to the church, and I'm not just talking to Lyndon, I'm talking about to God's church in these last few years was bring so much isolation. We forgot how to sit at our tables together and laugh together and pray together and cry together. And maybe you say, I haven't forgot, I'm still doing it. Good. <laughs> then that's, that's amazing because that's what I believe we are called to do as a church, to help each other, to grow to one with one another, to need one another. That's how our community extends to our community here, to people who need it. John 13, verses 35, Jesus says to his disciples, by this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another by this this is how people are going to know that you're my disciples not just because you go out and do all the good works not just because you help people they will know that you are my disciples because you love one another and you love others i want to go back quickly to carlitos one day um, our team was doing evangelism and carlos didn't arrive at the church like he normally did. Like normally we open the church doors and he was just there and he was, or he was like sitting down waiting for us and he would point his, his, he didn't have a watch, but he would point his arm and tell us we were late. But this one day we opened the church doors and he wasn't there. And so everyone said, do you know where Carlitos is? No. I said, well, he knows that we're going to be at, you know, this plaza, so let's, let's head down there and maybe, maybe he'll find us. And so we started going. And we found Carlitos. He showed up, and then he started walking towards us, but he didn't look well. He looked like something was wrong. He looked sick. 
And so um, it was a really, really hot day. It was like, so everybody was sweating. We were out in the sun doing evangelism and it was very hot outside. And Carlitos was sweating profusely. <laughs> he was really, really hot. And he kept saying to us, he would say, oh, quema. And he would go like this with his shirt. Do you know what quema means? This is your Spanish class for the day. Quemar comes from the verb to burn. He was saying, quema burns. Something's burning. He's hot. We didn't understand what he was trying to say. So we said, oh, yeah, Carlitos, like the sun's hot. Oh, yeah, quema. Quema. So we said, okay, Carlitos, did you get sunburn? We thought we, we were out a lot the day before. Carlitos, did you get sunburn? Yeah, quema. That's all he gave us. Quema, quema. And he, he really started looking pale, and he didn't look well. A and we've been talking to him this whole time. We were also doing evangelism, so we were with people in the church, and we were trying to keep focused, but we kept coming back to him, and I would say, like, have you talked to him? And, and one of the guys said, I'm going to sit down and talk with him. So he pulled him aside because he did not look well at all. And we had been with him all afternoon, and he wouldn't tell us what was wrong. So we didn't know. Like, he couldn't explain it to us. He just kept saying, quema, and he kept pulling his shirt. And one of my teammates looked him in the eyes and said, Carlitos, que quema? What's burning? Can you tell us what's burning? And Carlitos lifted up his shirt. And somebody at the market had taken a pot of boiling water and they had thrown it on this man. Now, we don't know what happened. We talked to a few people after. It sounds like Carlitos was hungry. His mom always said, I have food for him at home, but he doesn't come home. <laughs> and I think he was coming close to a lady at a market that was selling some bread or some food and he was hungry and he, I don't know if he was asking or if he may have just tried to slip a piece of it, I don't know but she took a pot of boiling water and she threw it at him as if he were an animal on the street. Not that we should throw boiling waters at anything <laughs> or anyone. Um, and, and we're not talking a light burn, okay? We're talking second to third degree burns. His shirt was stuck into his skin, into his flesh. We had to take him, we took him right away to emergency and we helped him care for his wounds and, and we prayed with him and we helped him. But the eyes of our whole church and community were on us because we had different activities, we had things going on, but a few people in our team stopped and dropped everything and we took Carlitos to go and get help. And if I learned anything during our time in that church in Peru, it's that the love of Jesus changes people. I don't change people. You can't change people. But Jesus does change people. See, Carlitos met Jesus while we were there through the love that we were able to show him. But the greatest change that happened while we were there, the greatest victory in our eyes, was that the church saw what happened. And the church began to love people in a different way. Because when we first arrived there, Carlitos wasn't allowed to come in. If he would come in, someone would come close to him and be like, get out. <laughs> Just go that way. Go, go. He was a nuisance to people. Nobody wanted to spend time and get to know him. And we were there loving people in the church, but we were also teaching them about the importance of relationships, of spending time with someone, of learning to love them. 
and they realized that they too had the ability to change people's lives through the love of Jesus, through loving people with his love. See, as a society, sometimes I think that we've lost our compassion. Instead of having compassion on people, we justify our own, our own way of acting. We distance ourselves from people because we don't know how to handle their stuff. Maybe we argue with peeper, people, either in person or on social media, because we just think that they're different than us and we gotta show them that we're right. But what we mostly need to show them is that we're love, because Jesus is love and he changes people. Jesus changes you, Jesus changes me. His love is the one that changes. This is how they will know that you're my disciples, when you love one another. We don't need to always show that we're right. We need to show that we're love. And again, when I say show, I'm not saying to show it off. We just need to be love because the more we love people, the more God opens up relationships for us. I always think about that bracelet. Did you ever have one of those bracelets that said like WWJD? (laughs) What would Jesus do? And I used to, those, that used to baffle me because I would find myself in a hard situation with someone and I was like, what would Jesus do? Like, I don't know. And the other day I was thinking about that in a situation and Jesus said, I would love. <laughs> what would Jesus do, depending on what the situation is? I would have compassion on the people. I would love. Loving is always worth it. Compassion is always worth it. Is it complicated? Yes. <laughs> is it messy? Yes, sometimes. Is it awkward? Probably. I'm usually quite awkward in situations. <laughs> sometimes it is awkward. Sometimes it's hard. But it is so worth it. Second Corinthians verses w- chapter 1, verse 3 and 4, and I'm going to end with this, says, Praise be to the Father. Praise be to God well, I can't read this morning. (laughs) It says, praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in our troubles so that we can then comfort those in any trouble with the comfort that we ourselves have received from God. See, God loves us first. He comforts us so that we can then go and comfort others and show compassion to others and I love how it says the father of compassion he's the father of compassion so let's ask God to show us his heart this morning who are you inviting to sit at your table who are you opening your hearts to Who are you reaching out to? And I'm not just talking about outside in the community, although yes, that would be amazing. But even here in our church family, who are you connecting with? Or is it just Sunday mornings that we just say hi and how's it going and we drink a coffee and that's it? Now, don't get me wrong. It's good to sit and drink a coffee. (laughs) It's good to have that fellowship. But sometimes we need to get a little bit deeper because that's how we grow together when we look at somebody and we realize, you know what, they're going through a hard time. Instead of maybe because it's a small town and maybe you know why they're going through a hard time, instead of judging them and saying, well, I know the whole story though, (laughs) 
It's not about that. It doesn't matter. Love that person because that person needs Jesus. We all need Jesus. We all need a little compassion. Jesus shows us compassion so that we can show it to others. Are you connecting and growing and receiving people in your hearts and your lives and at your tables outside of our Sunday service? Are we stepping out of our comfort zone to show compassion? Or are we just staying where we're comfortable? Or are you too busy? You know what, well, I have my own stuff going on. I can't, I can't help other people. Don't get me wrong. It's important to take care of yourself. Yes, I believe that God also calls us to take care of ourselves as his children because our bodies are his temple and sometimes we need to rest and sometimes we need to fill ourselves with him. But we fill ourselves with him so that we can go out. So that we can then sit down with somebody else and pray with them. So that we can give to them because they need your compassion. The person next to you needs compassion just as much as you do. We all need Jesus. We all need compassion. Paul said to the Corinthians, if I have a gift of prophecy and I have all the knowledge and all the faith that can move mountains but I have not love, I'm nothing. It comes down to that feeling in the pit of our stomach, (laughs) that compassion and that love. So let's ask Jesus for more of that this morning. God, we just thank you for who you are. Jesus, you did everything on the cross. You carried all of our sins on the cross, and you did it out of love and compassion for your people, for this world. And Jesus, I pray that you will continue to give us a heart for people. Lord, that we will not hurt people with our words, that we will not hurt people with our actions. Just as Carlos got burning water thrown at him, Jesus, sometimes without meaning to, we might throw our words at people. We might throw our prejudices at them, and that's not what we desire to do. Jesus, Help us to search deep within our hearts this morning to remember that people like Carlos need your love and compassion. To remember that people like the people sitting next to us in our benches this morning are people that need your love and compassion. Jesus, we worship you and we thank you because you are the father of compassion and of love and we worship you this morning. Thank you, Jesus. In your name I pray, amen.